0: Welcome to the Broken Metatarsal, where we celebrate everything that naughty football had to offer. My name is Rich Williams. Joining me today, Planet Football editor, Mark Holmes. All right? How are we doing, mate? All right? Yeah, I'm coping. I'm getting there. Oh, what a trooper. Uh, also, comedian and gooner, Alex Brooker's back on the pod. Hello. And fellow comedian and uh, Manchester United fan, Danny McLaughlin joins us today as well. How are you doing, Danny? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Very good, thank you. Uh, we'll have to do, just do that quick thing. Obviously, things slightly different than usual of just finding out exactly where everyone is coming from today. So, Mark, where are you today? You were in the bedroom last uh, last time we spoke.
1: I'm in the dining room this week. I've got to step
0: up. Unbelievable. Uh, Alex, where are you, mate? I'm where all Arsenal fans base themselves in Huddersfield, mate. So, uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> and, uh, just in the garden. You can't see this, but we can see it's a beautiful sunny day. And Danny, where have you got you today, mate? I'm in the kitchen today. Uh, I've got some
2: turkey that I cooked yesterday I'm going to have a nice sandwich later.
0: <laughs> Danny, Alex, it's been a while since you've been on the pod. How have things been treating you? you? You both well? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I get out a lot less these
3: days. Good things about this as well. It's just like an hour away from my kids, which is just wonderful. It's just a godsend at the moment. I can't say enough um, how much there's times of the day when they are just do the head in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am um, I yesterday I was trying to I, I'm like trying to do a little bit of the homeschooling thing like I'm not overdoing like over egging the pudding because at the end of the day I'm not a teacher but we're doing a couple of like maths worksheets with my nine year old who had a a long division question she had to do I, I, I could not remember the long division does anyone remember the long division method? No, no not in
1: real life is it so like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I gave
3: her a calculator colouring in the lines, mate, so...
0: Let's introduce this week's theme. Uh, Each episode, we dig into one element of the noughties, from the sublime to the ridiculous. You might have noticed we've already introduced uh, the two teams that are supported by our comedians this week. So today, we remember the rivalry to end all other rivalries. When Keenan Vieira would love to spar, Keown jumps on rude after his pen hit the bar. Pete was flying, both teams riding high. Stray boots were kicked, landing on Beckham's eye. When tunnels were feuding just out of our view, it's the Battle of the Titans. It's Arsenal v Man U. Watching the final whistle blows and Arsenal are champions this time. Completes a league and FA Cup double on the turf of their fiercest rivals, Manchester United.
1: I can defend with Ronis As for the behaviour at the end of the game, well, I think the FA will be doing that anyway. So I don't need to talk about Arsenal's discipline, and I can only talk of my own, players. Their discipline was perfect. In a, such a ferocious game and a high emotional game, I think my players have behaved properly.
0: Here goes Van Nistelrooy.
1: The noise says it all. The celebrations say it all. Manchester United lose. Exercise some demons
2: avoid. boy. See out there, see out there, come on, right. come on, right. come on, come come on, come
0: come on.
3: Absolutely, love, lovely wordplay there, mate. I enjoyed every bit of that. Thank you.
0: I can't do um, I can't do the long division method, but if you want a uh, a quick intro to a pod, I'm your man, so we're all good. <laughs> before we start off with this, because obviously th- this podcast is a noughties podcast, but Mark, it's probably worth giving some context. This this didn't start in the noughties, did it? It had been going on beforehand at the back end of the nineties.
1: Yeah, even before that, you know, Arsenal v. Man United always been a rivalry. Um, if you've not seen that, there's an amazing twenty-one man ball from from. from 1990 when we both got dot points. So it had always been going on. And the thing, it it was... When Wenger come in, it really stepped up a notch because, obviously, United had dominated the first few years. You'd seen off Blackburn, you'd seen off Newcastle. And then, you know, Wenger comes in and there's a brilliant quote from Fergie about it. He says, they, they say he's an intelligent man, right? Speaks five languages. I've got a 15-year-old kid from the Ivory Coast who speaks five languages. So straight away, <laughs> he doesn't like that this fella's coming in and, you know, being taught up as an innovator and all this kind of stuff. And then Arsenal obviously win the double in 98. And then the next year, United go and win the Champions really close. They win it by one point. But then it looks like they've seen him off. Because the next two seasons, 2000-2001, United win by 18 points and then 10 points. So you think, oh, he's just seen off another another pretender, really. Man United are so much better. They won 6-1 in 2001 when Grimondi and also were at the bat. Absolutely shit. And you just think, that's it. You know, United have seen off another challenger. But then Arsenal come back. And that's when it really starts to get tasty. And that's what we're going to be talking about today.
0: I liked a couple of things during your little intro. There, firstly, uh, Danny's big smiles on his face when you were talking about the uh, the early Manu dominance there, and secondly, the birds that are tweeting in the background in your in your garden there, Alex. Is, it was a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful so, setting yeah. to what, what Mark was saying. That was gorgeous. It was lovely. Yeah, it was, yeah.
3: It really romantic, isn't
0: it? They're still going now. Yeah. Before we get into the naughty part of it, uh, Danny and Alex, one sort of pre-noughty, one 90s memory of Arsenal v Manu. What would it be?
2: The semi-final in, in '99. Although I look back on that, and I, I used to think, "Oh yeah, we we it was a United win." But the more I watch it and stuff, it's more like Arsenal messed it up. Really, they they had a man extra, they had a penalty to win it, and yeah, and obviously that wonder goal from Gig sealed it, which could have gone either way. If, well, could have gone Arsenal's
3: way if Burkamp had not the it. When Burkamp did bottle it, that's the first and only time I've ever said the C word in front of the nan. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it I was watching it on my own on the telly and I turned around to step stepdad cave I was like this is because you get a penalty in the last minute and Dennis Bergkamp steps up you think this is it done here we've done it and as soon as he missed I just said it and she was like right behind me she's coming from the kitchen the one that sticks out is the 1-0 at Old Trafford when Overmars scored because Overmars. that was that, yeah because that was I mean at the time United had been well clear and when we won that I think we had gone like Six points beyond with three games in hand. Well Fergie kept talking up saying I'd rather have the points on the board. Yeah. But it really felt like that game, it, it um we kind of we played well that game as so well. It really felt like that was the first time when I thought actually we might win the title. You could feel
2: the mood shift after that with United fans. Like there was we started to look be scared. That was the first time it's like it's almost like when you watch boxing and then like one of them gets a gets points and he's like, Oh shit, actually he could hurt us here. And that's how yeah. it that's how it felt with that Arsenal thing. What was the C word? Was it Christopher Ray? <laughs> he'd, be, he'd have
3: buried that pen and you'd have won. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Christopher Ray go from like playing Premier League football to non-league in about three years? It's something mad how quickly his career went downhill.
0: It's funny, you know, when it when he was sort of looking back at all this, obviously for you two, it, all these are really fresh in your head because you support both those teams. I know Mark and I were like looking back over all this stuff and can't believe we've got midway, even further than midway into the second series. And we haven't done this podcast yet. I'm going to start you off uh, here, Alex, and, and you can you can take us through this beautiful moment for you because, of course, you know, Arsenal go and clinch the double at Old Trafford, don't they? Yes.
3: Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, well, again, though, again that, that game, though, uh, we were... So much on top, even, even in that game. And I remember we had these mint gold kits. The abiding memory of it is obviously world towards scoring, but the celebration where you think that Canu's done the like broken the world high jump record yeah. when he goes over it. Because the camera view doesn't show that he's like on his knees.
1: <laughs> the greatest gift yeah, of all just, time that it
3: is yeah. mad when you watch that. He's it, gone so high. <laughs> yeah it, that's like my my kind of big yeah that, my big memory of that game is just thinking how I did Canu jump there <laughs> it's like but I mean that, to win the league at Old Trafford you've got to be in mind that came after United had, had been so they, like Holmes said at the start, they'd regained dominance big time. I mean, that 6-1 at Old Trafford was just <laughs> embarrassing. I remember watching that and thinking, we'll never play that bad at Old Trafford again. And we actually ended up playing worse. Yeah, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 uh, I re- did some research
2: on that 6-1 and I got the, like the, the match report of, of from the BBC and there's a line on 81 Minutes where it says, Luke Chadwick weaves through the visitor's defence.
3: Wenger looks on with disgust. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolutely ridiculous. That that 2002 season, we really... I mean, we went for a ridiculous scoring run. And it's frustrating for me because I still think that the season afterwards, we should have won it again. And we ended up blowing that as well. And that was the year when um, the FA Cup game, when Fergie booted... uh, the boot at Beckham and stuff like that and I can't remember who it was that got injured but Seagan came into defence at the end <laughs> of that 2002-2003 season and you thought yeah this ain't good this guy He's not.
0: <laughs> Luke, Chad- Luke Chadwick licking his lips with delight here thinking oh yeah, I'm in here. i don't think Wenger's
3: made a good sign in here and actually it ended up that like kind of heralded he didn't actually make that many amazing ones after that if I'm honest
0: Taking it back for a moment to, to Arsenal winning that game at Old Trafford and you know sealing the league title there as well what, what, what did that feel like where were you Alex do you, you got memories of, of where you were watching that and, and, and how that felt at the time That doubled
3: that season it was kind of it was one of the weird ones because 97-98 I didn't get to go that much because I was still a bit too young but that double season, I'd gone to a lot more games and it felt like I felt kind of more, I don't know, more connected with the team than, than what, what I was before. And I really enjoyed it. Also, I'd started drinking by then. So it was absolutely brilliant because it was like, <laughs> like you know, I remember getting back off a family holiday in Tunisia when we beat Everton to win the title in 98. But like no, 2002, we were just getting on it the whole time. That was amazing that time. Because like you had like a soccer AM and stuff like that and it was just a great time to be like a football fan Arsenal were winning the double I turned 18 still hadn't lost my V plate sadly but I thought that was coming
0: it was uh, and there's a few years up on it mate (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hope, hope he hasn't said anything for a few minutes, but he, he yeah. just waited. He in, no, know, and a snake,
3: yeah. He's always just wait. He's like a little <laughs> snake, just coiling, ready, ready, to, ready to
1: come out with some venom. I tell you what, I like about that game watching backwards, was just Wenger celebrating. Even though I'm not an Arsenal fan, it was actually quite nice seeing him enjoying himself on the touchline, with a big smile on his face. Because United had wrestled back the power so quickly. I think it meant a
3: lot to him to suddenly get that another league title back off him and to win the
0: double as well. And also to just do it at Old Trafford. That would have hurt Fergie. That definitely would have hurt him. I was, I was watching back the highlights of that game. And when I, I, I quite like watching the games from the early Nords and stuff because there's lots of things that TV kind of did to make it look swanky. And one of the things was they showed a second angle of the goal and they had emblazoned in like massive writing. Reverse angle over the screen like, <laughs> some, some unbelievable, it's just, we know it's a reverse angle but it was like it was obviously a new thing that that angle had come in and it was like the biggest thing so they've got a massive red writing across the whole screen I didn't watch
1: that Matt so, is that another one you, you didn't want to watch in case you lost
2: well I just think if you don't watch it and you win it's alright and then if you don't watch it and you lose because you wasn't there it's like it didn't happen did you hear that, Brooker? You, you never won that. Oh, yeah. I, 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 do you know what though? So it means that I don't have to talk about it, like in times like this when people are like, "Oh, did you see that? It was amazing." <laughs> no, I didn't see it, mate. Like, the <laughs> of, like when we get battered, the, the United you know, as a United fan, it's always best to just say, "Oh, I didn't see it." But that game, I remember it because I, I was playing for Winsford United at New Mills and uh, in the youth team, and I remember we won that two-one. So. That was the big thing in your
0: mind. (laughs) (laughs) Sky Sports emblazoning reverse angle whenever you had the ball on that. I shouted
2: it because we didn't have Sky Sports, but when the striker scored, I shouted reverse angle because I was behind it.
0: (laughs) In the following season, that FA Cup fifth round, it it ends up with a defeat for Man United and a a boot in the eye of David Beckham. That that has to be one of uh, several, but one of the most iconic moments of this rivalry. The thing I remembered most about that game was
3: Giggs. Giggs? danced around, and he hit the, he blazed yeah. over the bar with an open goal, and it was exposed. like he meant it. Right? right. Yeah, what? it was ridiculous. It was like he was
2: like, "I bet I can hit this over with my right foot." You're all <laughs> saying, "I'm with my right foot." I bet I can hit this. Watch this now. And <laughs> <that's> <laughs> the, the concentration in his face—if you, you, you look
3: back—it's like he's trying to scoop it over. It's so weird. That would have been like. A completely different game. And that thing with the boot in the eye as well. I remember it just being in the papers the next day. And all I kept thinking is, if I've got a cut eye, and I know the papers are going to take a photo of me, if I'm wearing an Alice band, that's a big statement of wanting people to look at it. And it was like, he could have he had, had his hair
0: forward, could have. He have. had enough hair at that point. that He could have had an elaborate fringe if he wanted to. I think that's the thing about that incident.
1: Giggs did missed an absolute setter. Fergie do not say a word because he's one of his boys. Bex does that. Watch the goal back. There's absolutely no way he's getting near at it. He's, he's got no chance But just because Fergie's thinking he's getting a bit too big for his boots. Uh, he doesn't like it and he's had a go at him. But I think what that shows, you know, to be that angry to lose an FA Cup game to Arsenal that shows Wenger's really got into his head that shows like, it was hatred by that point wasn't it? Adam Beckham at that point had he already said he was going to Real Madrid or was there like rumours that he was going to do one at the end of the season because that must have contributed to it There was rumours and Fergie spoke about when United played Real that same season and he, and he made a special effort to shake Roberto Carlos's hand apparently back it's just the sort of thing you can imagine Fergie watching thinking what's he up to little shit I love him I would Um,
3: love to have seen the footage inside that dressing room but I want to know how good a shot it was in my head I imagine him (laughs) I imagine it being really elaborate, and even having a little bit of bend on it. Ironically, <laughs> it's probably it, like it probably was
0: quite it, it probably was quite similar, sort of height-wise to the uh, to the gigs miss earlier in in the game. Really, It's sort of going <laughs> an that like, upward trajectory. David Beckham's account of it is that. Fergie kicks a pile of clothes and underneath there, there's a boot that flies out. Whereas I'm sure Fergie's account of it is that he just, he kicked a load of boots and didn't intend, but there was no clothes there and it ended up in the eyes. So, some, you know, somewhere along the line, it's uh, it's got misconstrued somewhere, but but definitely next day stitches in the eyes and all the papers are all over it at that point. That's all anyone was talking about at that point. <laughs>
2: there's no way it needed stitches either. I don't recommend <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> There's no way that if, if someone kicks a football boot at you, it's
1: not cutting you enough to need stitches. Not an older fella as well. He's you know, he's not booted at eighty miles an hour, is yeah. he?
0: Mark, you mentioned about Wenger getting into to Fergie's head at this point. You know, this is a this is a rivalry that it's not just Arsenal Manu, it's the managers as well who are really at it at each other. Who was the better manager? Ferguson. I think <laughs> you didn't think I was going to say Wenger, did you? I'm asking. Hey, you're, I'm asking the question. You're the one answering it. Don't get me wrong. I think there was a time when they were
2: level pegging. I think the main thing is I don't want to just the semantics, but I think Ferguson was the greater manager. He had three teams. You could argue Wenger had two. He wanted it more. I think there was a time when, like skill wise, they were as, as both as good as each other. If not, Wenger had a little bit on it. But well, I think Ferguson's peak just lasted longer, and he
3: just seemed to, out of spite. The thing with Wenger was he did a lot of things, like he brought a lot of stuff to English football, and he completely changed Arsenal. So in terms of our Arsenal managers, like I probably won't see another one that'll ever have the impact he he had and, and be as good. Those teams that were good, those teams that went toe to toe with United, we had big, powerful players in those teams. All, all of, all you know, ninety eight, oh two, oh four. We had powerful players and some reason he just ditched that and then I don't find it any coincidence that once he did, we stopped being able to um, mix it as much with United. It'd be interesting to see <laughs> what Fergie would have been like
2: if Wenger hadn't turned up. Yeah. Because yeah. he definitely did kick him
0: up the arse. Alex, let's move on to a, a bit of the podcast, which I think you're going to enjoy a lot, the, the Invincible season, which we've done a full podcast on, by the way, in the first series. It was one of the first we did. And also one of the most listened to ones, you'll be pleased to know.
3: Arsenal fans are rife on the internet, mate. You see, <laughs> they love
0: it. They're, they're just a, a, a version of you, basically. <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> let's just start that, because that season starts off with what should... Effectively, be a relatively insignificant match because it normally is. But the, the, the community shield there and Holme'sy, I know that you know this game in particular for what shouldn't be that important, but sets the tone for the rest of that season and, and what's to come afterwards.
1: Massively, Do you know what, what I think started a lot of it, Rude van right? because in O102, which was his first season, he had a bit of beef with Kieran in that game, and those two just absolutely hated each other. And I think he stepped up the rivalry. Phil Neville and Ashley Cole both boys inside two minutes And <laughs> the in a community the charity shields it used to be called it's ridiculous Jeff has got sent off they like kicking Phil Neville Neville like it's a bit of a clumsy challenge and he's just like holding on to what you do on a Sunday league like to stop him getting away and Can I just say that the
0: final, the final kick from Jeffers is pathetic. It, it, it's, it's a tangle, and he sort of goes for him, and then he sees the referee coming over, and he's about to—he's literally about to boot him one, like proper wall of him. And he pulls out just—it basically when my little, my seven-year-old and my nine-year-old are kind of like fighting in the playroom, and one of them goes to kick the other, but knows they shouldn't do a proper kick, so they sort of pull yeah. out right at the end. It's like that is
3: pathetic. <laughs> Jeffers was so bad for Arsenal that that counts as a shot on target. <laughs> take it away from him. He'll be clinging on to that. he will be like, I now Phil Neville though, so. Yeah. Because Campbell got done, didn't he? For yeah. didn't he boot out at Jemba Jemba?
1: Yeah, it was brilliant because he'd been banned for the last four games of last season through Elbow and Solskjaer. And then he gets banned <laughs> for the first three games of the next season for booting Jemba Jemba up the arse. That's seven games banned just for a hating Man United.
3: Yeah, but Jemba Jemba, he left his foot in as well. That's what always annoyed me about that was Jemba Jemba left his foot in. I'm sure he did.
1: He did, yeah. But
3: obviously, the, the elbow the, the season before, though, absolutely 100% deserved to go. But that was, that was a sign of like Arsenal, though. It's like when it got to that game at Old Trafford when um, Van Nistelrooy missed that penalty and they all went mad. And Vieira booted out him. But United players were able to partake in a bit of shithousery and keep their cool. Whereas Arsenal players would lose their minds at it. And that's what it all led up to. If you think about it, in those, in those three games alone, in the two games leading up to that one at um, Old Trafford with Van Dishlooy missing that penalty, you've had the Campbell elbow... Jeffers boot out at Neville. Campbell boot out as well. So it's like, it was an, I think it was inevitable. Clearly United were getting under Arsenal's skin. And um, then obviously we, we all know what happened with that penalty when Keown went mad.
0: For me, that bit of footage is the iconic naughty's moment. Van Nistelrooy had the penalty in the last minute. There's been... Uh, lots going on earlier. Who got sent off in that game? Um, Vieira got sent Vieira off got, for booting. Vieira got sent off for booting out of Van Nistelrooy.
3: And yes, he boots like, out of Van Nistelrooy. Oh, he I'm doesn't Nistelrooy. touch him though, does he? No, he doesn't touch him. And again, before that, Van Nistelrooy jumps up into him, and like it's just a crap challenge. But if you look at it, I be honest, until I watched it again the other day, I honestly thought that Vieira had got a straight red. He got a second yellow. Which, looking back on it, actually is pretty justified. <laughs> at the time, I was like, how can he have gone for this? But you look at it and you go, that is a second yellow. Now, Van Nistelrooy is a little bastard, but you can't do that. <laughs> it's just like, it was, it was mad. But the Ars- Van Nistelrooy riled Arsenal players up so much. And I think it's because he was just so dangerous against them. And give him half a chance, he was going <clears> to <throat> stick it away. Yeah, I think it started before that charity shield. like <clears throat> That Sol Campbell elbow you were talking about,
2: Van Nistelrooy scored a great goal in that when he—I remember that United were in that kit that I love with the, the blue and silver—and he sort of ran up the left wing and just scooped it over the keeper. That was them, wasn't it? When Gig scored, yeah. It. And I think that was the start of it. That's that was when it felt. That's the most tense since '99 that I've felt as a United fan against Arsenal. And then um, the only thing I remember weirdly, or the main thing I remember about that uh, penalty miss was one of the newspapers had uh, mocked up Keon like Dracula, you know, when he's jumping and he's got like his arms in the air like that. Uh, one of the papers, I can't remember who it was, they, they drew like a cape on him and like put teeth on him and it looked amazing and like Van Nistelrooy's cowering like that, I remember. And you'd have put your house on Van Nistelrooy all the time and he always went low. And it was weird that he hit the bar because you could see that he, he, that's, that's the first time you'd seen him bottle it. That's well. one of
0: those penalties where it's a couple of inches away from being an amazing penalty. An inch down, it goes off the underside of the bar and everyone's saying, what, a, that is an unbelievable yeah. penalty. You know, and the bottle to step up and hit one like that at that stage of the match, at such an important match.
3: All the players, because it wasn't, obviously Keown, the picture of him jumping up, he went mad. But like, Parler gets involved, Lauren gets involved, and I felt like, okay, where was, where's that been for the last two years? Because I've always thought, Lauren looked like the hardest person you've ever seen at right back and never put it about. And I remember Ashley Cole getting a little band and I still don't know what Ashley Cole did I really still don't know I think he was just there so he was just one of the ones who gets, who got lumped okay. in with the fines my favourite quote from that is Keane Roy Keane afterwards says I behaved myself that day and I really regret it and that's one <laughs> of my favorites because uh-huh. <laughs> I remember Keane Keen and Vieira like Vieira kind of just and Keane like Vieira like, kind of says again I've got no problem with you even when he's going after Van Nistelrooy when he gets sent off. And you'd have thought we'd train them to, it would have booted off because they never needed an excuse. But it was like, yeah, Keane was really well-behaved. I, I I think to, he still probably doesn't know why because he doesn't love that.
0: Do you think Keane was therefore kind of just spent the rest of his career overcompensating for missing out on the, the biggest fracas of the noughties? I think the thing with Keane is
1: he knew how far to push it. Whereas yeah, I've seen a quote from Keane talking about being... Vieira's minder because everyone knew that he could wind Vieira up and he would lash out and he'd do stuff. Whereas Keane, it was a bit... We Obviously, we talked about him on the Shit Houses podcast. It was a lot snider with him and he'd give it, but he'd expect it back and he didn't rise to it because, fine, so part of the game.
3: I think that's a sign of, like... I've always thought this was, like, the top-class players is they're, they're able to put their foot in, be a bit nasty, but they don't... It, it doesn't go too far they still keep like a bit of a lid on it and that's what always slightly annoyed me about Vieira is he could go off on one I remember early on in his career when he spat at Neil Ruddock and when you I look remember. at Neil Ruddock now it's hard to think <laughs> that they both he played football against Patrick Vieira <laughs> <laughs> which, which team do you think were dirtier United put it about as we all know in that, that game in 2004 when they um, ended the unbeaten run. I mean, they they made, they made could have not made a tackle in the previous eight years of games and they um, they pretty much crammed it all into 90 minutes there. So, <laughs> still, still, sadly, I did watch that one. It's one of those ones where, Daddy, I wish I hadn't have watched that actually because I could have <laughs> pretended it never happened. It still bothers me so much, as you lot know on this podcast before. But did I tell you to edit out the bit last time where I called Mike Riley a cheat? I think we kept it. I can't actually I think remember. we kept it well, yeah. He's having a little bit okay, it. In, it's in this one. It's basically cheating. I regret it, saying that maybe you should take that out. It was basically cheating from Mike Riley in that game anyway.
0: <laughs> Alex Brooker does not represent the views of the Broken Metatarsal podcast.
3: <laughs> I think if you're
2: dead good at football, you can't be classed as dirty. I think that's, that's why Scoles has always got away with it. Because I think there's a when you get to like a certain level, you just become clumsy. And they start yeah. focusing on all the things you can do. And then tackling is just a byproduct of the fact you're so good at free kicks, you can't tackle. And I think United had so many good players in that team. Then When you're dirty, it seems like it's almost because you can't do anything else. It's a lost cause. When you're good, you're too busy being good to worry about tackling. So you're just clumsy. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what happened with, with United because they had the better players, I, I'd argue.
0: Alex how much sweeter is it knowing that Arsenal had that invincible season and that the, the game at Old Trafford with everything that went on was so important in keeping that run going and, and part of the, the history of it
3: I mean at the time I think it was still fairly early days for me, the big thing I was still upset at the previous season because I really thought that the previous season I actually think that that team 0203 were better than the 0102 team and yet they, they managed to completely um, mess up the league. To be honest with you, I was just happy that we got a draw at Old Trafford. It was like, you look at it and you go, we got a draw here, we could have lost that. And I did like the fact that everyone, I remember celebrating giving it the large end when Van Nistelrooy missed that penalty. And I remember thinking to myself, like it was quite nice to see some of the players react that way. I mean, I look back at it now, because I look at Arsenal now and I look at the teams over the recent years, I'd have given anything to have seen some of that now. Bloody hell! Like, oh God! Just imagine if we'd have had a few of those Kions and and like people like that in the in the yeah. team. Imagine Andre Santos jumping <laughs> up and giving it large. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, you know what I mean. So it is. I kind of look back at it now. I don't think I appreciated at the time that those players were kind of willing to fight. And um, yeah, God, that was. It feels like a lifetime
1: ago when we were that good. It is the dream in as a football fan when you're good, but you're also a bunch of tossers as well. And everyone hates you and you can give it the big in and get stuck in and take it back. We had it with Stoke for a few years, maybe not quite to this level, but I think that's why that <laughs> <why this, right? laughs> not the not the talent the, the anyway. Worst, the I'm sh-
0: sorry, the the worst comparison ever. But yeah, I know what you said. <laughs> yeah,
1: we didn't have the talent, but we had the shit I was off to an absolute C. <laughs> but like when you've got that blend of being min and you can handle yourself, it's just The best feeling as a football fan because you've got it all, and that's why this rivalry like Liverpool be Man City, no one's going to talk about it 20 years from now because they they like each other, they respect each other. The thing about the
3: the games at the time, though, those Arsenal United games, it's like it got to the stage where it was like United were the only team that were better than us, or at times on a par, if not, you know, if you beat United, you knew you had a chance of winning the league, and it felt like we didn't have that with any other team. There was no other team that could rile Arsenal up like United could there was no other team that could like put them in their place really at the time like United could you think about it back then like Tottenham were absolutely dog shit we used to just beat them comfortably they hadn't beaten us since like 95 so we didn't have really have a rivalry with them Chelsea were only just you know, getting their their money from Abram a bit. so it wasn't even a big thing with them. So it was like it was only really United, and it was so intense because it was always it always felt like those games defined the seasons. The best thing about that
2: United Arsenal rivalry was it's such a pure football rivalry. That's all it was. There's no geographical thing. There's no oh, you built a ship canal and blah blah blah, blah that you've got United Liverpool and all that nonsense. It's just you're good at football, we're good at football and we want to be better than you at football. And that was why it was it was so so great. And even when Chelsea did turn up, there was always that caveat of, Oh yeah, but it's just cause you've got money. Like United and Arsenal, both historical teams, they'd made their own success and then that's all it was. It was just pure pure football rivalry.
0: As a neutral, I mean, I'm well not a neutral because as a Leeds fan, I would obviously want Arsenal to always win those games. But you know, sometimes when the more modern rivalries, you know they're going to be the big TV game or whatever you like. You don't know if it's going to be, anything's going to happen. There was always going to be a spicy element to watching Arsenal and Man U. If you don't watch that game, you are going to miss something that's going to happen. You know, if we take it forward to... Because it's only fair on Danny here. I mean, Alex, you've basked in way too much Invincibles glory now on this podcast. <laughs> if we take <laughs> it to, to next do season... basically
3: two podcasts, basking in one
2: season.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, but if we do move it to the, the following season, Danny, Man United get that moment, that glory, that redemption for Ruud van He scores in this game, and you beat Arsenal. You end the unbeaten run, and Old Trafford explodes.
2: Yeah, was that the one with the? There was a contentious penalty. Putting it lightly. We could have gone way, it? Um, this is what I wanted boys Now we're starting
1: this is what I
2: was hoping for. Uh, Yeah it was a weird one Because I remember I was so bitter Like So bitter about that this Nistelrooy penalty That he missed That I wanted I don't think I've ever Even the semi-final Against 99 I think I wanted United To win this game more Like ah let's Was it 49 unbeaten They were, they were going to get to 50 Which yeah. is a mile through we Like let's just Oh I'd wanted to win so much And I would have took anything so when it was like that dodgy penalty as well, it just felt, it just felt even better. That's the, best, that's the way you want to win, isn't it, really? If you, if, you want to win, if you want to beat your rival like that, you want a scabby penalty that might not even be a penalty, or an own goal, or something that's just not even real, so you can lodge it twice, like, ah, we won, and you're crying
3: about it. Nice use of the you know what, ah, by the way. Yeah, but the thing is, that, like, I'm still more than any other game I've ever watched as an Arsenal fan, It just still now, still feels so, so harsh. And it was so, it was so unjust. And the thing was though, I'm not even basing that on like, I actually think United probably good value for it. But it's more on the fact that like, just some of the challenges and that we've been through this before. (laughs) But that some of the, some of the challenges that went unpunished in that game, you've got to bear in mind, Ferdinand should commit a professional foul Early doors should go. It's a completely different game if Ferdinand gets sent off. I remember there was about five or six challenges, and the Nevilles got got stuck into Reyes, R.I.P. But they got stuck into Reyes, and um, really, some of the challenges were ridiculous. And that game wasn't even about like Keane and Vieira. It was about like just all the other little shit houses getting involved. Van Nistelrooy. <laughs> Van Nistelrooy studded. I mean, if you are a United fan, you must absolutely love this. And for Van Nistelrooy as well, after all that, not only does he score the penalty, he also (laughs) doesn't get sent off. He managed to rake his studs down the front of Ashley Cole's shin. in front of the linesman and he still didn't get sent off. And it was just one of those things where as Arsenal fans, you talked to him about what's the the decisions that have upset you the most? And that, definitely that game, I think it is because it was the unbeaten run. Um, but to be honest with you, it, I, it was probably just that we lost it to United.
0: Alex, in case you were worried about it, you're not at all sounding bitter. So don't <laughs> no, worry about
3: not, that no, whatsoever,
0: no, mate. It's it all, good. No, all good.
3: It's
2: still, it still upsets me. <laughs> the way I felt at the time was like, you know when you watch an Aussie batsman get done on like 99 from an <laughs> LB? that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's how it comment. felt. It's, like, it's not even out. get walking. And... I honestly think there was a big part of like reaping what you sow there. Like, I think because Van Nistelrooy was seen as like hard done by with Keo and jumping on him and all like, like stuff like that, United did get away with a lot of stuff, but I think it was like recompense for the way that Arsenal behaved in the
1: previous game, I think. What I love about it, Brooker, definitely a sense that United have gone into that game with proper revenge on their mind. And on the back of the first podcast we did about this, we went through every foul in that game. We've done a forensic analysis. Of all the fouls, and it's Van Nistelrooy one is like career ender, it's an absolute shocker. It's, and he does it's absolutely not get ridiculous. A shit. Just his facial reaction is like, Yeah, have that. And Rooney's up in Think Ray his face that's like giving it the big. And United set out that day to kick him off the park and dominate him and say, We're not fucking having this anymore, boys. People look at
2: Van Nistelrooy and they think he's a nice guy because he's got curtains. <laughs> but he's horrible. He was horrible. Like, do you remember that time he missed the penalty and again in for Holland, and that guy laughed at him, and then like ten minutes later he scored and went up to the guy and started laughing in his face and got booked for it. He was he was all for that. He was a, he was a nasty man.
0: I agree with you about the curtains because all the kids at school who had curtains, the sweet ones, yeah, you, like, look like they should be in a boy band.
2: You can't hate on someone if they look like Paul Nichols.
0: <laughs> and of course, this game is where it all starts to spill over and we start to see the development of this rivalry into not just being on the pitch, but also being in the tunnel as well, because it all kicks off afterwards.
3: Oh, yeah, pizza gay guy. Good old Seth Fabregas. Fair play to him, by the way. You've got to bear in mind, when he's done that, how old was he? 16? Uh, no, no, was he? I thought he was a bit older. Was, was he? Maybe. Maybe nine. No, maybe, no, maybe, maybe not. It's, if you'd have said, though, it's weird that like there, for a while there was a lot of like conjecture about who must have thrown the pizza and it's like, well who was the teenager in the tunnel at the time it's, it's only ever going to be the one who's just come out of puberty do you know what I mean, that's the sort of thing a teenager would do, is lob a bit of pizza
1: at someone. <laughs> Talking at the tunnel, obviously Vieira and Keane are going to each other beforehand for ages, like a couple of years now if you watch back, the I think it's the Arsenal mascot, is just like holding hands with Vieira or something and they're going. Keen's going at him. You think you make it, you a nice guy. You, I see you out there. See you out there. All that. And this little kid's just looking up there, like what is going on. We found out who the mascot was. We found him on LinkedIn. we were trying to get him an interview, and he won't do it. If you're listening, mate, we want to speak to you. it will be amazing. <laughs>
3: Why would he not want to do it? Maybe he's traumatised by it. I
2: always thought Vieira put that kid in the way. Like, oh, if this kid wasn't here, I'd spark you out. <laughs> like, do you know, like that? Oh, stop holding me back, stop holding me back. I think it was very convenient <laughs> that that kid was
1: there because I think Keane would have dusted him. Keane wouldn't have dusted him. <laughs> <laughs> he's off his size, isn't it? And the fact that, like, Keane and Vieira have spoken about, about, you know, the, the Battle of the Man. I don't know, because he's got the nasty streak, but you know, in terms of physicality, like you would, you would fancy Vieira, wouldn't you? But
2: If Vieira had closed the distance and got hold of him, then
3: maybe, but I think Keane would have boxed his head off. I can't remember, is it Vieira was having to go at Neville saying to him, look, you you, you gave it the bigger at Old Trafford. You wait until now. We're going to basically... But the Arsenal players set out that game and again, they set out that game at Highbury was to, to get at United and give them back what they'd given to us. But what... We kind of failed to comprehend in that game is that we didn't have the players to do it, and I remember that that tunnel route, and I remember being it got everyone pumped up because it was all on the TV beforehand, so everyone was pumped up, and I think about five minutes into that game, the era actually opened the score, and United ended up dicking us, and I remember John O'Shea scoring, which was yeah. like yeah, so it was like the old
0: yeah. When John O'Shea scores that little dink and sort of like looks around to think, shit, what have I just done? That's exactly how yeah. I imagine I would look if I scored a goal in the top level of the Premier League. Like the unlikeliness of me scoring a goal like that is almost felt by a professional footballer in John O'Shea as well.
2: That John O'Shea, that was when John O'Shea was like the Ronaldo before Ronaldo. He was like nutmegging Figo and everything. Like that era, John O'Shea. That,
1: he was like a proper marauding left back. He was class. That's the funny thing about United, you know, when we talk about this era... Quite a few of the players are like misremembered almost. Like Keane, he's just short for physicality and aggression now. What an amazing player he was! He was captain of one of the best teams in the world. So it wasn't just about you know hard tackles and getting in people's faces. John O'Shea, like I say, he's playing in midfield. You know what I mean, he, he was a yeah. player. But that, so that game, is- that game
3: at Highbury, that to me, that was the end. That was the last game where I felt that it was a real, I don't know, that it was really, really tasty because the season after Vieira had gone. And then within another season that Keane had gone from United. And it was never really the same after that. It felt like that was kind of, that's the way, the way I look back at that John O'Shea goal because to me, that kind of, it almost felt like that put an end to it because then yeah. we
0: went absolutely
1: <laughs> crap. John O'Shea's shipping you to make it 4-2 last game at Highbury. That is like, yeah, okay. They've, they've beaten us, lads. <laughs> We've had enough.
0: Yeah. Before we get on to uh, a bit of football fact, football fiction, uh, can I just ask you both, uh, Danny and Alex, just if you'd had to just pick one moment, the best moment for you as an Arsenal fan and a Man U fan of that rivalry, just one moment, where were you and what was it?
2: I think it might have been the John O'Shea chip, you know. I think that that game was the best one for me out of it. Because like you said, it, it was sort of like the end it was the emergence, it was when we sort of first realised that, that Ronaldo was a player as well. I think he scored two that game. And just everything about it, the little ball from Scholes, that black kit was amazing. It was like the end of Keane. It was just, that was the, the one that stands out. That's the one if I had to, if Premiership Years was on, that's the one I'd want to watch that game, I think.
0: There's a great bit of uh, shithousery from Ronaldo as well when he scores the equaliser at two all, when he shushes the crowd, but it's a really prolonged one. It's like, you know, you hold it to your lips for a couple of seconds, but this is good sort of five, six, maybe seven seconds of shushing the crowd and you just think, what a twat.
2: What is mad about that, though, is that that's probably the only time or one of the only times that he got the better of Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole was, like, the only player or the
3: best player to ever play against Ronaldo. He never, ever got a sniff against Ashley Cole. My one would be the the Overmars goal at Old Trafford, just because it was the first time, in like, from being an Arsenal fan, I actually thought we might actually win the league. And I was, what, I was, like, 14? I was sat at home. I remember my mum bringing me lunch. In and I remember put it, pulling the armchair like right up close to the telly. And it was back in the days where it was like, it was all innocent, my love of football. And it was just like writing on my school folders and stuff like that, writing all the results down. And it was just like, that to me, that, that game it was just like, it was just the excitement. The first time I've ever kind of felt like real hope that we might actually win the league. And it was, it was unreal. That's, that's, my, that's my, yeah. God, I'd give anything that's, that's- to that feeling again now. That's oh, a beautiful
0: moment, considering God, how we're so eventually now. bitter you've turned.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we're so... It's, and it's sad. We're both so crap. No, now. we're not go, so we're going down this rabbit hole again. No, 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 sorry, no, no. Sorry, there's so many crap players. It just makes... You <laughs> you get back into it. Even that old four... Even that old... Do you know what? Even that ass game at Old Trafford. I'd give anything for us to be competing like that again. Even if it did mean us getting done by the ref. God, so, so many of
0: our players I hate now. We're going to buy you a school folder <laughs> and send it to you yeah. and you can doodle on it. Um, look, before we get into a bit of football, football fiction, just one thing to mention, because of course the amazing thing about this series, you know, one of the things we've discussed before is where we were, where we were watching these games, down the pub, no responsibilities, free people, we could do whatever we want. And we just wanted to mention that there is a website you can go to, which is SavePubLife. Something Budweiser are doing at the moment. Obviously, uh, everyone's at home at the moment. Pubs are closed. So they are doing something to help pubs out. You can go to savepublife.com and you can buy a voucher that you can then go and spend at the pubs when they're back open. So let's say you've got 20 quid. Budweiser will double that up to 40 quid and they'll send that extra money to the pub. So if you want to get involved in this, savepublife.com is the place to do. You're going to spend that money in the future anyway when you're going to go and watch your match. So do it now. We're going to help the pubs out as well and uh, Bud will uh, double that up for them. Just before we go into football, Holmesy, did we watch that game at um,
3: Highbury with the row in the tunnel together? I was trying to... I watched it in the Students' Union. And it was, I remember going mad, giving it the big one when Vieira scored, like (laughs) really jumping up. And I remember there was a girl on our course and she told me afterwards that my behaviour was disgusting. And also, so that was hurtful. And also the fact that I looked like a dick because we ended up losing 4-2. I so, watched the,
2: the 99 final in a pub. I snuck in. I was 15. It was in Chester. And when Arsenal scored, I can't remember. Was it, was it Bergkamp that scored? The, the, summer, the semi-final. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when he scored, this guy stood up and started running around the pub, and no one could understand why there was an Arsenal fan in a pub so far up north. And um, it turns out he was that pissed he thought United were playing in red, and he thought United. People were like, what are you doing, you dickhead? He was like, United or like We're in white, you know. not
0: <laughs> So uh, let's end up with a bit of football fact, football fiction. Uh, you will have a statement about this okay. Man United-Arsenal rivalry. Uh, only one of them is true. Your job, my job, uh, listening, is to work out the footballing facts from the footballing fiction. So as always, we will start with Mark Holmes. What you got?
1: Um, yeah, one of the, the the major moments that we've just been speaking about is the Keown versus uh, Van Nistelrooy spat. Um, and the fact is that Martin Keane's wife was basically appalled by his behaviour, that he got a talent off when he got home that night.
0: I should bloody think so as well. It was appalling behaviour. Danny, what you got? Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira have met
2: several times over recent years. Each time uh, they, they talk about how Vieira wishes he'd have played with Keane in the midfield.
0: So you're sort of suggesting they've had uh, some kind of couples retreat away and they've got over it together, they've had therapy, they're back together and actually they, they look back on this now and wish they were all pals and what a great team they could have made.
2: Well, every time they meet, Vieira always brings it up, Keane never brings it up, but Vieira always brings it up that he wishes he'd have been able to play in that team because he admires the way that they <laughs> like, wasn't full of fannies and stuff. <laughs> lovely lovely slide, dig there, right at the end. Like
3: <laughs> Alex, what have you got? Seth Fabregas, in the Pizzagate incident, initially grabbed an orange to throw at Ferguson before Edu told him it was far too dangerous. So Edu basically <laughs> just said to him, look mate, you can't, he, he's got hold he's got of an orange, you know like oranges at half time, and it weren't like halved or anything like that, or peeled. It was just a full, big, full, juicy bastard. And he's gone to... That's what he's gone with. Edu was always safety first as a player. And he, he's gone to him. Look, you can't, you can't throw an orange at an old man's head, mate. You can't throw an orange at anyone's head, really. Fabregas was like, I can really tan him with this one. And um, <laughs> Edu said, no, nah, have I this, have this pizza instead.
0: Holmesy, I'm going to go back to you for a second. Uh, do yeah. I know what she said to Martin Keown? How, what, what how appalled was she? What was, how long was he in the doghouse for, mate?
1: I think it was, it was only years later that he was talking about it when it was, it was probably pundit for one of the United Arsenal games. And he was talking about the fact that Van Nistelrooy deserved everything. He, got, he still doesn't like him, but he had no regrets. And he was saying that, that Wenger laughed about it at the time, basically, and, and just didn't say anything, which Wenger used to do back in the day, didn't he? I didn't see it all that. Um, but his wife did, did go on in, and, in on him and, and say, you know, that, that was out of order. That face, which you were pulling was just, was just disgusting and didn't like seeing you like that and you just let me down let the family down let the children down all this kind of stuff just really cut to the core and really and it stayed with him it probably reminded her
3: of his cum face
1: that's what she was upset about <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't think I want to continue anymore with
3: he jumps when he does that as well <laughs>
0: Danny, and you're saying that there is a, a Patrick Vieira led conversation where he yeah. says, I wish I, I want to hand back any medal that I won for Arsenal. I want to swap them. I want to have been in that United team all along, playing alongside you, my good pal, what a damage we could have done. He
2: just brings it up every time he meets and Keane gets like "Keane's like, oh, I know you keep saying it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like every single time he says it. Like he's like, Oh, you know, we could have been like, we could have been anything that we wanted to be. And he's like, yeah, I know, but I had Stolze there and Nicky Butt, so we didn't really need you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and just finally, Alex, let me just, I just want to probe slightly further on this. Seth yeah, originally picks up an orange. Edu says, no, that's too dangerous. Here, have a slice of this pizza. You are now turning this from what was thought to have been a spontaneous act of aggression into a fairly premeditated one.
3: He's always wanted to lob an orange at someone. But, yeah, I mean, it was like, I can't say this strongly enough. Don't think in your mind at the moment, don't picture a Satsuma or anything, or an easy peeler. We're talking a full, big old orange, like sticker
0: on it still. There's two that I want to be correct, uh, which are Alex and Danny's, but I don't think they are. So I'm going to say that Martin Keown went home and got a dressing down, lambasted when he got home by his wife for his immature petty and quite frankly embarrassing for the family behaviour
1: quite right Rich You did get a bollocking
0: that, that makes me very happy because I never get this right so this is excellent but in my head I'm going to go away with the image of Cesc Fabregas holding a giant orange and being pulled <laughs> back just before catapulting it towards Fergie's head uh, chaps thank you as always Holmesy lovely speaking to you mate thank you yes boys thank you very much thank you. cheers fellas enjoyed that thank you we'll be back next time next week on the Broken Metatarsal